Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. How many of you are familiar with hydro seating? Probably most of you. We've, either, we've seen it, the big trucks blowing the stuff that comes out, right? Hydro seeding is a mix of seed, and they've got some fertilizer, different things in there, and whether it, it's some kind of polymer material that absorbs water so that it'll hold, says like up to 400 times its weight in water, and so that really helps when you put all that stuff together, and they put some stuff, tackifier or something there to stick it together, and so that when it goes out, and then it, pretty soon you start seeing this grow, and so there's a purpose with all of those things, and there's this absorbing that happens of water, and it's able to give it enough time to take root and to go down in, in the ground. Well, we're as human beings, we're created to absorb, to absorb information, to absorb things, and I believe that God is giving us things. He's, he's bringing stuff to us, and he's basically saying, here, I want you to absorb this. I want you to, to take this in so that you can have time to let your roots go down and, and to, to go down in him, and so that we can what? So we can grow and we can reproduce. It's not just for us to say, oh, this is great. I love being this little plant here. I want everything to myself, and boy, this is good. I sure, I'm not going to share anything because I might die, whatever. No, God gives us plenty. When our roots are in him, as we talked about in the scripture in Colossians chapter 2, verse 7, let your roots go down in him. That's the critical part. We talked about that last week. Let our lives be built on him. Because so many of us have things in our life, we send our roots down the wrong place. And then we wonder why our, our life's falling apart. If we come back to the word, put our roots down in him, and then it says then, if we do that, then our faith will grow strong. There's a strength. There's this polymer stuff that comes, and there, there's the tackifying that comes into our life, and it pulls things together. And it says, then you will overflow with thankfulness. I like that. I'll, those are good words. I'll receive that. How many received that this morning? Yeah. I wanted to, the Lord gave me this portion of scripture last night. So I'm, at, I'm, I'm putting this in because I feel like God wants to do something specific this morning. And it's not unusual for us to do this as a church. But I believe it's part of, uh, of who we are as a body and part of, part of what we do. And it's part of generosity. And so uh, let's take a look here at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 6. And as we're going to look at that, I just want to pray real quick. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for loving us so much. You didn't give up on us. Some of us have given up on ourselves. We've given up on you, maybe. But God, you've drawn us to yourself. You love us so much. You give us hope. You give us a purpose. And this morning, I pray that we would understand that purpose fully what that is, and it's not just for ourselves, but it's much beyond. Like we talked about this morning, there's something fulfilling and satisfied. We're created to give out, and Lord, we're asking that you would fill us up this morning so that we can do that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Second Corinthians 9, starting in verse 6, it says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. Okay, is that easily understood? few seeds, small crop. But the one who plants generously 
We'll get a small crop? No. What? A, a generous crop. Okay, our math is working so far. A little gets a little. Generous gets generous. So we're starting to understand this. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, though. Now, this has to do with our time, our giftings, our resources. This is not just about money. This is, this is our life in general. What God has blessed us with giftings. We all have the same amount of time, but we will make time for what is important to us. It's easy to tell somebody I'm busy if they say, hey, would you mind coming over and help me with this? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm busy. What if they said, hey, I got tickets to the Seahawks game. Do you want to go with me? Uh, I might be able to clear my schedule. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? So we, there's things that we can do. And so if we have that mindset of how much, and just we decide, okay, God, where are you calling me to? What are you leading me to? Then it says, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. I've seen these TV preachers. I don't, know if, I don't watch those channels, but I've seen them before. And where one guy will get on there and say, "If you give a thousand dollars today, you give a thousand dollars, I'll send you my personalized handkerchief, and you will get healed when you send that thousand dollars in." I've heard stuff like that. Or if you give two thousand dollars, I'll add a personal prophecy along with that, my best prophecy for you. So all this stuff, and there's pressure to give, and, and unfortunately, people send their money in, thinking, "Oh." I'm going to reap this, whatever this guy just said. And unfortunately, they're just trying to amass resources to themselves in this process. So that's not what we're doing. We're very sensitive to what God is wanting for us. So it goes on to say, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Cheerfully. That's something that I learned a long time ago. It's like, oh, I got to give something to somebody. Man, I hate giving people. Oh, that. If we have that attitude and we're giving, let's stop giving because that's not going to work. There's a cheerfulness that comes. It's like, man, you know what? I love to bless somebody. I love to be generous to somebody. There's something that comes back to us that just makes us feel like, man, I just made a difference in that person's life. He loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will what? He will generously provide all you need. Now, notice he puts that after us being generous. So many times we're like, God, if you would just give me something, I would be generous to give to somebody else. It doesn't work that way. He, he's challenging us, going, you know what, step out in faith here. I'm asking you to do this with your time, your resources, your gift, whatever it is. And we say, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but if you're, you're asking me to do it, I'm going to do it. Because he comes and backs his word. He's a generous God. So he said, if you do this, I'm going to generously provide all you need. Then... You will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. I like that. That's good Bible. It is. It's good Bible. Plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. That's part of hearts to homes. That's part of adopting and taking on something like this. There's a generosity that happens. And what does it say? Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed, the verse that I had mentioned earlier, for the farmer, and then bread to eat. In the same way, here we go, he will provide and increase your resources. Are you looking for a little increase in your resources? I am. Whatever those resources are, I am. So what do we do first? He's saying, come on now, give generously, sow something. And, and so many times, 
It's like, Lord, you're asking me to give 20 bucks right now, but that's all I have in my wallet. He's like, that's all I'm asking for. So he's not asking you to pull your credit card out and go in debt, but we all have something. We may be in need. So out of your need, because that's what he, he said. Man, I'll come and I'll back that. If, I te- if God says to you, hey, you need to do this. You need to give generously. You need to sow into this situation. And you do it, he'll, he'll back his word, because that's who he is. He's a generous God. He backs his word. But he's looking for people who step out in faith and do that, because there's so many things that come back to us. He'll provide and increase your resources, and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Gen- this word generous, generosity, it's like God dropped this on me last night, and I thought, man, this is, this is good. Yes, you will be enriched in every way, so you can always be generous. This isn't just a one-time thing. It's something that becomes addicting, actually, when you begin to see what God does in that and how he works in that process. It's like, man, I just, I gave and look what God did for me. And our motive is, it should never be, well, if, if I give, God better multiply that back. Because if I don't, then he's failing me. That's not an attitude. It's, it's a cheerful attitude. It's like, man, I just trust God with this. If he said it, I'm doing it, and I'm walking away. So many times, and then all of a sudden, you, you, know, you check your mailbox, and it's like, where'd this check come from? And then it dawns on you, wow, I wasn't expecting that. But you had you know, given here, given there, or done something, being generous. And... When we take your gifts to those who need them, that's a big part of it. It's taking outside of ourselves. It's there's people who need what you have. Gift isn't again, it's not just money. It can be an encouraging word. It could be a prayer for somebody. It could be just spending a few minutes with somebody, sowing into their lifetime. It could be a gift that you have that you're sowing into somebody. It could be resources. Whatever that is, your gift is going to those who need it. That's the big, the big part of being a body of Christ, part of the body of Christ. Because so many times we come to church, it's like, God, you better meet my need today. You know, you haven't been really doing well for me lately. You know, I'm coming to church by, I'm just going to be there, and God, you better do this for me. And I just challenge people. I say, you know what, come to church with the attitude of, God, you know my need. I don't need to bring that up to you. Today, Lord, what, however you want to use me to bless somebody else, let's get on board with that. Lord, I'm good with that. If you want me to, to pray with somebody, give somebody some money, whatever it is, God, I, I'm open to whatever that is. We'd be surprised at how our needs get met just when we start to look outside of ourselves and see the needs around us. Yeah. Go, I can meet that need. I can meet. Maybe I can't meet that, but if I grab these three people here, we can meet that need. Yeah. Hearts to Homes. We can't do that by ourselves, but by tell you what, we start getting people together, and pretty soon, who knows, we could be serving hundreds of families in our community. It can be that, and I believe we can do that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not about us, but God uses us, and there'll be a, a buzz and a spark that just happens in us when we, we jump aboard on things like this. So I want to take this, periodically we do this as a church, when the Lord prompts something we respond to, and as a church, because this is a family. This, we love each other. We're family here. Yeah. And when needs rise up, we're like, okay, this is how we do this. We've seen this before in our church. We have a need that I'm aware of personally. Devin, the master, and not to try to embarrass him in any way, but he, he's a hardworking young man. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And he works hard, 
He's gotten an automobile accident, totaled his car. He's been through some other challenges, too. And uh, he loves God. And he has put himself in wise counsel, and he's been submitted to the Lord in his life. And I I just appreciate what I've seen in Devin and the growth. So I I applaud you, Devin. And you're here today, and you have a financial need. I just believe that this is one of those things as a church that we can do. And I just read this whole scripture, and this is not me putting pressure. Please don't look at it as like, well, pastor told me, if the Lord puts on your heart to bless Devin, then you do it. Just like we've done with other people over time. And so, obviously, for me, the first thing I think of is, absolutely, I want to sow into his life in that way. And so, this is so easy for for us to do. And so, if you want to do that, if the Lord's giving you something to prompt in you in any way to sow, I'm going to hand you this right here, Devin. And that's a blessing. I'm sowing, and I'm letting that seed go. That's good, because if I'm sowing, if we're sowing, then there's harvest that comes. Harvest comes in his life, and it comes in other lives. So feel free, if any time now or after the service, just to, to bless him, because that's, that's who we are. We're a body of Christ here. So, and I appreciate that, that that's who we are as a church. So I just pray right now, Lord, I pray for Devin. I pray for his situation, Lord, his finances and the situation with his mom and the house and all of these things that are going on. You know all this, Lord. So I just pray right now, as he takes this and as he uses it for need, but he also will sow some of it for seed because that's how you work. So as he does that, Lord, we're looking for a testimony from him to stand up and say how good you are. So we're thankful for that. I pray you bless him and you multiply those resources and we look forward to good report in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for just taking a few moments to do that. I just really felt like that was something that God wanted to do this morning for sure. So I just want to jump into this scripture in James chapter 1. Just in a few minutes here, I just want to touch on a couple other things here. And next week, I just feel like we're in this grow thing for a little while, so we'll continue in it. There's a lot of things that we have to dig into, and so we're going to do that. Again, I appreciate all the work that everybody's put into this in the behind the scenes, and it's been great. James chapter 3, excuse me, chapter 1, starting in verse 3. For you know that when your faith is tested, so here's the thing about faith. You have no faith, really, until it's tested. You don't know. You don't know what you have. It's easy to say, oh, I'm a man of faith, or I'm a woman of faith. Well, give me an example of why you believe that or feel that. You don't know. Because that's the thing we say, God, don't... Please don't put that on me. Don't saddle me with that thing. Don't, don't bring that burden. Don't bring that test to me, Lord. He's like, wait a minute. If you want your faith to be tested you, and you want to increase, you, you want to actually have a testimony from the test, from a test comes a testimony, then come on, let, it's okay. God either initiates or allows things in our life. If you're going through something, obviously God's allowed that. So what does that look like for you? What test is that? Because it says, you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. It will not grow unless it's tested. It won't. There's no opportunity for it to grow. Verse 4, so let it grow. Let it grow. grow. Yeah. I don't know why my mind just went there. What's that Disney movie? (laughs) What is it? Let it go. Sorry. And I'm not a singer, so I will not be singing that. But my grandkids, I hear them singing it, so they're just like, let it go. (laughs) 
Let it grow. Let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, it takes a little while because we think the first test, God, I've learned. I, I got enough. Don't do any more. Well, there's some more developing probably to happen. And so we have to let it run its course. We have to be patient. When your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. That's the word of God. Wow, we're perfected in him. We allow our faith to be fully tested. We go through that process. Needing nothing? Needing nothing. Come, we got to believe this. We got to believe this. It's interesting. I really believe in God's favor on his kids. We're his kids. He loves to bless us, and his favor is on us. Now, I'm probably not the one that's going to put that on my license plate. because I, I don't know. It just feels a little weird, like favored or something. And it, I'm God's favorite or whatever. Yeah, we're, we're, his, we're all his favorites, right? But well, what I'm saying is we have to walk in that knowing that we're favored by him. There's favor that comes on us. We're part of his kingdom. We have been brought into his kingdom. We are kingdom kids, and so when that happens, favor comes, and it comes on us. And not only does it come on us, but it overflows to those around us. There's just yeah. favor. And so when people are around us, they should sense something. Uh-huh. Favor. There's favor. So Genesis chapter 39, talking about the Joseph in the Old Testament, talking about God's favor, did he get tested a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, because his brothers threw him in a well, then sold him to these guys. That was pretty mean to do to your brother. He kind of, I won't go through all the story, but he, he sort of egged him on just a little bit by saying, hey, you guys are going to bow to me or something like that. You know, and that's, even though that was going to be true, but he was young, immature and stuff, so it kind of got him into a little bit of trouble. But he went through this test. He was thrown in this pit to die. He was sold into slavery. So he was purchased by this man named Potiphar. He was an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So he's pretty high up. The Bible says, though, the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. That's some favor right there. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, listen to this, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. Come on now. Things that we get around, things we touch, things that we rub, things that we get around, there's favor that comes off and things just happen to get blessed because we're there. You walk into somebody's house whatever your situation is, and you begin to share the love of Christ or you begin to just talk to them, something just sort of overflows and they sense something and just favor sort of just spills out on the couch. It's like this house becomes favored. It just, the Lord began to bless. It was the Lord. It's not us. We're not the ones going to go, hey, I just want to bless you. I, I want my aura to bless you. If the Lord comes in, he dwells in us. The Holy Spirit lives in us and he's with us and wherever we go, It's going to come out. So the Lord began to bless Potiphar's house. All his household affairs ran smoothly. Wow. This was not a good good country. It was not a good regime. 
and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except for what kind of food to eat. No worries, because I got Joseph here. Somehow he's got this connection with this God of his. I mean, I'm good with it, because somehow it's overflowing on me, and I'll take it. But we realize we walk in favor. We need to be walking in boldness and confidence in our life. When we're out there and we're, in, we're doing things, whatever it is we're doing and doing kingdom work. Yeah. So when we're given opportunities to stretch our faith, yeah. let's say, I can do this. Yeah. Or we can do this. Because yeah. it's easy. The first thing is like, I can't do that. I don't have that. How can I do that? That doesn't even exist. I don't have $100. Whatever it is, the first thing we should do is like, Man, if that's, if that's what God's saying, yes, I can. Yeah. That $100 is going to come. I don't know where it's coming, but I'm already acting as if I have that 100 and whatever that might be. Yeah. Jesus came to reclaim what was lost and broken. Things got really broken in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned. Everything was great. It was established. Everything was, man, this is good stuff. They sinned. But Jesus came to reclaim that whatever those things that were happened, that was broken, that was lost, he restored it back to what he created it to be in the very beginning. When Jesus came, he, he restored, came back to restore the kingdom, to set it in place and say, come on now, you are qualified now, we are qualified to live in his house, to be in his kingdom, to be kingdom kids. He's put that on us, he's given that. Jesus came to restore back to those who believe he's the savior of the world, amen? You see, here it is. John 10, 10, when Jesus said what? He came to give us abundant life. That's why he came, to give us abundant life, to restore everything that was stolen from us. See, when man sinned in the very beginning, it created this big cavern between mankind and God. It's this cavern. Jesus came to bridge that cavern, to restore all of those things. So we're living in a restored time, a restored season. There's a story about, about this father who, his son, he was graduating from, from high school, and his son let his dad know many times, Dad, just get me a car for graduation. That's all I want is a car for my graduation. So when his dad handed him his graduation gift, and he opened it, and it was a Bible, the disappointment on his face, he's like, hmm. My dad gave me a Bible. He didn't do anything with it. He set it in the corner of his room. Next couple, couple years, he was just kind of frustrated that his dad didn't get him a car because he knew his dad could afford the car. I don't know why my dad didn't give me a car. A couple years later, he's frustrated and stuff. He's like, oh, maybe I'll just open that Bible. He opens a Bible. Inside, there's a note from his dad telling him where to pick up his new car that's paid for <laughs> down at the dealership. You know, <laughs> sometimes we let our own things get in the way of what God wants to do for us and the favor he has and the, the things on us. And we just have our mindset. It's like, well, God didn't do that for me. How do you know? How do you know he didn't? Because he didn't do it the way you wanted him to do it? Because he's a faithful God. He's a rewarding God. And he loves us and he favors us. By the way, open your Bible because it's a good book. It is a good book. And there's a lot of answers to prayer in there and to, all, to your needs. It's a, it's a great manual for so many things. 
We need to accept being kingdom kids and all the benefits that come with that. Say, you know, that, that belongs to us. Man, I got some good stuff here. Let me just take this one, this last sentence here. You know, our growth can be hindered how we perceive Jesus in our life. It, it very well can be hindered how we perceive him. So many times we view Jesus as some, somebody who owes us something. Or God, you, just, you, you, you owe this to me. And, and it's kind of, we have this demand. So he's viewed as someone who owes us something versus or instead of someone who already has given us everything. Yeah. That's already a done deal. We need to claim that. We need to identify, it's a done deal. It's mine. It, it, it belongs to me. We are kingdom kids. Come on. When you are given carte blanche to the palace, do you just walk around the outside and peek in the window and say, sure wish I could go in there. Sure wish I could find out what's going on in there. I, I, I wish. He said, come on, it's your palace. We have ownership in this thing. We don't, we don't have to be on the outside looking in. We, we've been given favor to all of those things. <laughs> it's like the guy who, my dad told this story years ago. I don't know why I just remember this story. The guy that was given a chainsaw to go out and cut wood. He's out there all day long sweating and sweating, and he doesn't even get one piece of wood cut with this chainsaw. He comes back there, he goes, man, that's such a lousy tool. I can't believe you gave me that. That's the worst thing. I couldn't even get one piece of wood cut with that thing. The guy's like puzzled. It's like, what? It's like a brand new chainsaw. It's sharp, everything. He goes, oh, well, he, he flips the switch, turns it on. It starts, boom. The guy goes, what's that sound? See, that's not taking advantage of the tools that you've been given. He had no idea that you had to start the chainsaw for the chain. He just thought, well, okay. So that's the other part of it. This is knowing the tools we have, knowing how they work, knowing how to use them. There's a lot of stuff that we leave on the table every day in our life that are kingdom principles, kingdom tools that we don't use properly. Or we just look at it and go, eh, I don't know. I don't think so. Or set it down. Sometimes we need to be educated or discipled on some things. That's why we have this class on Wednesday night. It's a great class on, king, on the kingdom. I'm going to go ahead and stop right there. But let's stand. You guys doing okay today? It's a good, it's a, this is, it's a good day. I so appreciate everything that's happened today. And when we're done singing the song we, you know anybody you need prayer for anything we'd love to pray for you there are prayer pastors and other leaders here to pray for you for anything whatsoever maybe you're here today and you aren't you're not a part of the kingdom you're saying man I'd sure like to get in that kingdom that's easy yeah. very easy just simply saying yes Jesus I, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and I receive and I accept that by doing that we're into the kingdom and then from there, there's some things to do to take full advantage of that. Because so many times people say yes to him, but then they, they just sort of, they never go in. They never enter into what God has for them. But today we're, we're there, we're at the door.
some of you and you, you need to enter into that place and accept that, that you're a child of the King. If you need healing, you need, maybe you have financial need, job, whatever it is, we want to pray for you this morning. So we want to take the time to do that. Amen. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 